I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Tell me, Grayson. Do you think association football will improve with the introduction of the new professional player? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Football Rambles Guide 2. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Pete Donaldson. And I'm Jim Campbell. Here at the Football Ramble, we are a ragtag group of renegades and mavericks. We do what we want, when we want, (laughs) how we want. Though we do recognise in a lot of cases, rules are actually quite important. If anything, they're necessary to stop everything descended into chaos. Like in any system, you have to have rules. Otherwise, anarchy. One of those cases is football. But the rules haven't always been the way they are today. When representatives of various London clubs sat down to once and for all thrash out a definitive set of rules in December 1863, what they came up with laid the foundations of the game as we know it today. And yet... They were so very, very different. In Eton, they developed kicking the ball. Stopping the ball with hands was allowed, but carrying or throwing it were not. We're here to take you through the way things were. From the strange things the game has lost to the fundamentals you'll be surprised were missing and the rules that probably only existed because Victorian England loved rules. By Jove, this is the Football Rambles Guide to the Original Rules of Football. Here we are, gentlemen. We are gathered here today <laughs> to talk about that uh, incredible moment in December 1863, of course. And if you think we're not wearing the attire of the day, you're <laughs> no. sadly mistaken. <laughs> I stabbed myself with a tie pin. Mm. Oh. oh, dear. Dearie me. Definitely. Very tall top hats on yeah. display. <laughs> waxed down moustaches. Yeah. I came by penny farthing. There I hurt myself quite badly on the way. Mm, there we are, you see. I've got polio. 
Oh, <laughs> oh dearie me. Uh, but yes, the, 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 they did. The representatives of clubs across London met um, at the Freemasons Tavern in the centre of London, in Covent Garden. Still there, isn't it? Which is mm. where we had one of our football ramble drinks yes. many, many years ago, the day Newcastle United were relegated from the Premier League. Oh, great memories, guys. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> that deflected goal sent them down against Aston Villa. But yes, um, so incredible meeting. Um, and I think that pub should make more of it, actually. Mm. I don't know if there's a plaque or or anything. I would. I think they're missing a trick there. But anyway, uh, but yes, it's still there. You can go to that pub. Um, but some of the names that were present in that pub at that very meeting in December 1863 read as follows. <laughs> Ebenezer Cobb Morley. <laughs> That's proper, <laughs> proper Shakespeare. It is. Time. It, it, Charlie, it Charlie Dickens, isn't more it? Dickensian, could it? Good it really God. couldn't. Yeah, it, the, the the ghost of FA past. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, the father of the FA, apparently, and secretary at the time, uh, Francis Maul Campbell. Great, great, mm. great uncle Frank Maul. Nice to have a Campbell in there. Yep. Not well, always. Not though. always in history. Often not. Depends actually how McDonald you are. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, one of the clubs present was a club from Kilburn, which is a part of uh, which was Kilburn, sort of northwest London, is it? Yeah, and, and that club was called No Names. See, I'm fascinated yeah. by this. That's I, I what, this, Kilburn. This, well, this feels <laughs> like underwater a... now because of bloody Thames Water this but, week. It, oh, no, awful, really? Awful but, business. But No Names. That sounds like a sort of like a secret group of yeah. spies and assassins, mm. like posing as a football team. Well, they, I, like, I can imagine some sort of taboo-style <laughs> series on. Jim. On iPlayer, <laughs> really nailing this. They were meeting at the Freemasons, right? Ah, so I see. it's all coming together. Yeah, well, the the big Where's Freemasons the nice Templars, the Free, yeah, they'll be involved. The there. Freemasons Lodge is just around the corner, of course. One of the big headquarters, you see. Is that right? Stay away. Is that true everywhere? I don't know. I don't know. How no, it isn't. It isn't in that part of London. Very, very uh, famous. Thomas. Yeah, didn't want to say infamous, but there we are. Anyway, a big meeting of minds uh, headed up by old Ebenezer Cobb, uh, of course. Now, in the first half of the 19th century, football rules basically varied depending on, on which British school was playing it, which, again, seems mad, but that, yeah. that's what it was. You, it was. you do mean a literal school as well for, for yes. listeners from abroad. That doesn't mean like as in like schools of thought. You mean very, very literally different. Yeah. I'm going to assume fee-paying schools mm. had their own rules. Oddly called public schools yes well, they weren't very mm. public no they're no. very much private yes <laughs> just because yeah well many of them uh, their, their rules were sort of indebted to versions of football dating back a hundred, hundreds of years um, uh, so very very uh, interesting interpretations of course that was never going to work if you've got uh, them lot over there playing the game like this and them lot over there playing yeah, it and like we, that we know what a d- nightmare that is from, from Paul we do. Everyone, every pub seems someone's got different rules. Yeah. Do you get two free shots? Do you get to exactly. put the All white ball stuff. anywhere? And they were like, enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, it can even be tricky sometimes when the referee is from in football from a part of the world where they like to let the game flow a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, uh, yeah. So I mean, you'll have heard of heard us talking about mob football before in um, our Christmas episode, and that was when there was two villages who would play against each other. The pitch would be the space between the two villages. You heard that correctly. Yeah. Mm. The it was like a war. It was, yeah. And I think, did you write about it? You wrote about it in the football round I book. did, yes. And it was very, very interesting to to learn about it all because one of the, uh, I'm repeating myself slightly here, but I think it's worth repeating. The only rule was that you couldn't kill anyone and <laughs> people died all the time. Yeah. Like, and, and often we, we only know Athletic about this Madrid stuff. player that. Yeah. 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 They're very much the... Uh, Diego yeah, Simeone won this. On. He won more football a few times. I think yeah. he would, wouldn't he? But what? yeah, I mean, but, but we... 
part of the genuinely part of the reason we we know it happens at all is from death certificates yeah. explaining how people <laughs> died. Well, it's crazy, uh, the, the, and the ball or the thing used as a ball was sometimes a skull. Yeah. It's sometimes a skull. It's I mean, such a, a terrible yeah. sentence, really. Yeah. Sometimes a skull. We're like, oh, it's, it was often played in the winter. I don't want the old. <laughs> I don't want the old mitre delt and old master on the thigh. Yeah. Let's use the skull this week, lads. Yeah, exactly. Henry the Eighth had football boots in in what was known as the Great Wardrobe because kings can't just have a fucking wardrobe, can they? Everything's <laughs> everything's got to be grand. Do you remember there was an advert years ago on the telly which kind of alluded to mob football? Yeah, can't remember what it was for. Um, I think it was in. I think it was set in Glasgow, though, maybe. But anyway, yeah. either or, you had this sort of towns mm, playing yeah. kind of football against each other, and but it has evolved out of chaos. Football. It has, yeah, completely. <laughs> there was there was another game called like it was in Scotland. It was it was described. It was called Heed the Boar or something, mm. and it was uh, we played it a couple of times at PE. A very very much sanitised version because again yeah. you would get people with horrific injuries and so. Yeah. I mean, there, it, there have been versions of this sort of thing all over the world as well. Not yes, necessarily we mob say. football, but things that you know football has grown from in different cultures as well yeah. often very different but it is early ball games are are a really really common across every like early civilization effectively yeah oh yeah it's i mean it's definitely the world's game you know um so the injuries could be very severe one document records henry son of william de ellington uh, while playing a ball at uh, Ulkham and Trinity Sunday with David Leken of many others. <laughs> Bit of a French vibe going on yeah. there. Um, he <laughs> ran against David and received an accidental wound from David's knife, of which he died on the following Friday. I can't kill anyone, but you can't stop me just holding my knife. <laughs> well, if if I... you run onto my knife, that's your problem. <laughs> if, if he dies on the Friday... That's technically not the same day as the game. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. He died of his wound, not my knife. <laughs> it could have been the game he played on Friday. Yeah. The subsequent Friday, he died from his wound. <laughs> so the first attempt at a collection of football rules was a meeting in Cambridge in 1848. Where Presumably the next day. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, God, guys. This, this, is, this. this is ridiculous. Uh, yeah. That Yes, that was William D. Ellington's... Uh, uh, legacy, perhaps I don't know, um, but yeah, where representatives from different British schools attended, they wrote the rules on a piece of paper and nailed it to a tree in a park. Martin Luther. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how could this go wrong? There was a lot of disagreement, though, particularly where the football was a game that should be played with feet or hands, which later led to the split of football and rugby. Yeah, yeah. and actually, when you look back at mob football and 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 a lot of this stuff, it does you can see how closely related they actually are. Under some of the rules at the time. Clubs not only allow players to carry the ball in their hands, mm. uh, they also allow players to hack, as it's described, kick in the shins opponents who are carrying the ball. And that's <laughs> in rugby, you know, you can rake, can't you, in a, in a scrum, yeah. you know. A, a little bit of a, a different one there. But yeah, and again, we'll come on to some of the rules in a minute, but you'll realise that bloody hell, you can see how they kind of parted ways, you know, and uh, and there we are. But yeah, what, uh, uh, one of the first uh, football association meetings in November 1863 was completely divided over this question um, of, of uh, you know, can you use your hands or, or just your feet? And the first draft of the FA rules at this point, it does look much more like rugby than football. Mm. Shows you how the game has evolved over the years. Uh, but I mean, we are talking about 1863 when the FA was formed, mm. which is which is well before, I think it's what, 41 years before FIFA. And even more so than, I think it's like 89 years before UEFA. You know, it's, it's the... the, the the longevity of that association uh, 
should suggest that they should know better at times. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but but it's an incredible history. It really is. But when it came to deciding the final rules. Um, in uh, that December, a number of people who supported these rugby-style rules didn't attend the meeting. So hacking and carrying the ball with your hands never came to mm, pass. Probably doing initiations. Or <laughs> <laughs> drinking their own piss or yeah. somewhere. Um, we are gentlemen. Yeah, indeed. Because you had Sheffield rules as well, didn't you? I forget that that was one of the other schools of thought. Because obviously Sheffield FC, the oldest football club, uh, recognised as the oldest football club in the world. But Sheffield rules were a thing. Uh, back in the day, um, presumably Sean Bean probably still plays by them. <laughs> uh, yeah, but but the rules were still very very different though. Um, so here are some of the main differences between now and then. Back then, there was no crossbar. Yeah. Goals could be scored at any height. Yeah, <laughs> above the crossbar. Again, this is why again, we have that's... a legacy of long ball. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you see the similarity with rugby and how they've yeah. diverged totally. But I mean, that is, I suppose if you think about the heaviness and the weight of like the old boots and the ball, people were much harder though. They were much they harder. They probably yeah. could kick harder, like mules. Yeah, they're a bit shorter. I just, yeah, I, I think the idea of like running through a goal and just be like, well, if, let's do an Abubakar scoop. You know, it's not, it doesn't matter if it drops. You know, well, just, do they bother having goalkeepers at that point if you just boat in it as high as you can? I mean, I find that sticks. crazy. I mean, they did rectify this sort of quite quickly, and, and only just three years later, a tape was added to the goals, and then. By 1883, it had to have a crossbar. Right. So within within just about within 20 years, they did have a crossbar. They got a real taste for adding rules, didn't they? They, they did, <laughs> yes. Uh, and I mean, some people still want to add the rules. You know, it's almost like to, to justify why they still have these meetings. You know, but you have to say, as they went, I mean, they, you know, they had to learn as they as they went, of course, because this is, this is in, in terms of football, this was the this was the, the the final frontier. This was the Wild West kind of thing. You know, uh, players were allowed to catch the ball, but couldn't run with it or throw it. Right, because so you'd have to just stop and drop it. I think I think basically their first touch wasn't up to much. Yeah, <laughs> you know, with, again with the old boots, playing and... really muddy fields with really heavy balls. Yeah, exactly. just like just for the sake of letting the game flow, the, you can catch the damn thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the idea, of, yeah, because you you miss control. Oh, it's ended up in the river again, um, and it's sunk because it's such a heavy ball. Um, so yeah, that was probably to help them out there. You couldn't play the ball to one another ahead of you, so you couldn't. Yeah, that, again, quite rugby. In rugby, yeah. you obviously can't pass the ball forward. So you see that, uh, which again is a strange one. Mm. I don't know why you would be so restrictive, but this was mm. Victorian England and they, they did like to restrict themselves. I think it's fair to say. There were no corners. This is fascinating. If an attacking player put the ball out of play, then the attacking team, and you've heard that right, attacking team had an opportunity to take a free kick at the goal from a point 15 yards behind the point where the ball was put out of play. I mean, it shows you how territorial it was that, yeah. that, so it's kind you, of, that would, you would be able to get a reward for even being near the opposition's goal. Yeah, it's, yeah so it's a very territorial game. And so to, to sort of reiterate that, so if an attacking player puts the ball out of play, then they they still have the possession of the ball. Yeah. So it's a bit like in rugby, if this might help you out, if you launch the ball downfield and it goes out, you get the line out in, you get to control the line out in a certain place so it's kind of again that game of territory whereas mm. of course in football if you put the ball out of play the op- it's the opposition's ball straight away that hadn't come in yet so you put the mm. ball out of play further down the field in, in a weird way you kind of get a bit of a reward for it which again seems crazy mm. but you can see the similarities between football and rugby um, there were no provisions for a goalkeeper Just what do you mean no provisions as in no um, special gloves <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, a uh, parking spot. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you mean there wasn't a goalkeeper essentially? 
Yeah, like it was just it was just so different to what it is now. I I want to know. There must have been right uh, people attending matches, as you know, footballers playing in the matches. Yeah, um, arriving at the pitch on horseback. Yeah. Now, at some point, they will have been the final person to do that, and yeah. I want to know how late that is. Ah. You know, like. 20s or something somebody yeah, just rocking yeah, yeah, up yeah. on a horse uh-huh. well yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe they're a rag and bone man or something I mean, there must be like there must be someone who did it last yeah yeah I know what you mean yeah 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 he was uh, seen as a bit of a dinosaur or whatever <laughs> the duration of a match was there was no I think probably they finished when everybody got bored maybe or everybody had fainted <laughs> I don't, like I don't know was, you know sun's gone down and your mum's calling you in for dinner yeah and again I can't stress enough this is this is the the early days of something <laughs> that is recognised as football some sort of you know codified game that was called football so number of players how long the game went for uh, having referees punishments for breaking the rules all this kind of stuff was to be figured out mm. so it, again it was it, i mean it, you could almost say it's not football um it was only in 1897 that 90 minutes um became the, the standard duration for games and 11 players on each team were finally specified but again, you feel like they got it right. Eleven players seems perfect. Yeah, and I've got and and I know you think well, we're conditioned to think that because if you did have a twelfth man, then the pitches might be a bit bigger or, or whatever. Yeah, I don't or know. indeed, or if you had one person fewer, yeah. the pitch might feel bigger. But yeah, so that meeting in 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 central London in December eighteen sixty three was 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 <laughs> was quite necessary. I think I think it's fair to say. <laughs> Would you like to take a take a trip back in time, Peter, and be a part of that? I, I fear that um, the lack of provision for um, asthma medication might make it quite difficult for me to <laughs> yeah. get involved in the match, to be honest. And if I've got access to that sort of technology, this is not the first place I'm going to visit, I've got to be honest. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, the, the FA still has the written minute book from that meeting containing the original laws. And to, and to mark the FA's 149th birthday, they got some pictures of Joe Hart holding it. Safe it's hands. Just, it's, Safe hands. It seems so antiquated having Joe Hart, Joe Hart being involved yeah. in the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he was the England goalkeeper at the time, we should yeah, say. He was, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the rules were finalised on the 8th of December. The first ever game under these rules mm. was placed 11 days later between Barnes and Richmond. And Barnes is an area in southwest London. It's quite a well to do area. Mm. I think Gary Lineker lives in Barnes, actually. Ooh, and uh, and doxing Gary Lineker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Richmond, of course, which is quite a nice area as well. Mm. It ended nil-nil. <laughs> Despite you could you could whack the ball really high and score in that. But mm. no, no goals. Probably Peter. got distracted by all of the um, the wee the wee animals in Richmond Park. Yes. Oh, you the get the deers. deers. So yes, uh, the rules weren't universally adopted. So the Sheffield rules, for example, which I mentioned earlier, they were drawn up in 1858 and 1859, and they uh, continued to be used by 1867. It was in fact still the dominant code in England. Uh, the FA only had three clubs uh, reportedly playing under its rules, including No Names Club. Yeah, those mysterious pioneers. No Namers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was also uh, some who were still uh, clinging to carrying uh, the ball, of course, uh, in 1871, and they would decide against being part of the FA and formed the Rugby Football Union. There you go. Which is why some people say, why is football in the, the title? Yeah. That's because it is subservient to the beautiful game. I see. <clears throat>
one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees, promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills, or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Um, it was the birth of the FA Cup in 1871. Oh, difficult birth, that, isn't it? <laughs> Those big fucking handles. Oh. Especially in 1871. <laughs> uh, and then the rules were finally spread across the country. Um, yeah, so the handling of the ball was forbidden by 1870, so we, you know, none of that. Yeah, close that loophole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick it up. But from 1871, one player was allowed to handle the ball in uh, and, and that's the, the goalkeeper. It wasn't mm. like you know um, we Jimmy Smith could handle it. You know, um, was it was it tra- <laughs> were, the, were those guys treated? As, you know, goalkeepers were they treated as kind of like being like the you know the House of Lords of football? You know what I mean? Like they're kind of like yeah. special guys. Yeah, well they're definitely special, aren't they? I mean they always say you've got to be a bit crazy to be a mm. goalkeeper. I mean, if, again, if you're the one who like, yeah, I'll use my hands and I'll defend the goal. Yeah, <laughs> presumably there were no gloves then as well, because obviously yeah. everything was designed to be as painful as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It was only in 1887 though that the goalkeepers were not allowed to handle the ball in the opposition's half. Wow, <laughs> how about that? There's another loophole, but I love that. The fact is, <laughs> as the game, it's not like it's not like you have a tournament and you go. Yeah, that was a bit that was a bit rubbish, wasn't it? Or after a few weeks you kind of mm. go, This isn't working out. It takes like six years yeah. For, yeah. for them to kind of But then I suppose you don't have the yeah. media in the same way, so Changes the reports... spread a lot more slowly, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's funny, isn't it? It's, 
football is fundamentally now a quite simple game. Very it's much so. The scoring element is is really, really straightforward and it feels like it's kind of always been like that and that's yeah. why it's become the world's most popular sport because mm. it's, it's it's accessible, it's easy to understand, but it's that isn't how it started at all. It's been gradually simplified mm. from absolute chaos. Yeah, but <laughs> I, f- I feel though that they, they kind of hit the sweet spot, didn't they, when they when they had the rules. There was a few tweaks here and there, like the back pass rule and so on. Whereas now I think you have too much meddling and you kind of go, no, you're trying to make it more complicated. Mm. We hear this with the offside rule which the, or, or the handball rule, which, you know, I suppose those are different. You try and simplify that and nobody's really, really happy with the kind of the more binary rules. You can mm. you, you can do that, I suppose. Um, but yeah, so by the 20th century, um, goalkeepers were allowed to handle the ball for any purpose uh, in their own box, of course, um, not just for defending their goal. So again, they, they were kind of more like an outfield player. Mm. And, and until someone basically took a shot or went at the goal, they, 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 they couldn't pick up, which, is, was, which was incredible. In 1881, referees were introduced. To I love this. It's just, again, it's just that gentlemanly sort of conduct of, well, yeah. okay, we'll, we'll give you that. And, you're, you know. you've, you've managed to kill Clive but, yeah. uh, <laughs> with your knife. Yeah. So we'll have a free kick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but previously, there had been umpires representing each team. See, mm. I love this. Because the referees were brought in to settle the disputes between the umpires. That's right. <laughs> All very complicated. Yeah, but I mean, if, but if, as an umpire for your own team, are you defending their honour essentially? Yeah, maybe. But like, of course, that's going to happen. Again, the, the idea of having sort of an independent judicator, surely, like in other forms of life, they I had that. If Fulham had their own referee <laughs> that was present in every game, just running around. Yeah, he'd probably be like, quite impartial, though, wouldn't he? So, for, for Fulham, yeah. Yeah, so. he'd be like, come on, give us something. <laughs> you know, whereas uh, yeah. up the road, maybe not Jim. Mm. Um, but yeah, but it was in 1891 that pitch markings were finally introduced for the goal mouth penalty area and centre circle. It's every sort of new fact like this, you sort of got, they didn't even have that. Yeah, like, I know, it's mad. What, are they <laughs> yeah. just kept running until they got to the next town and it was like, I think we should yeah. probably, maybe the ball's gone out of play. They're like, what is it? Where's the boundary? The horizon. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. It's crazy. But it's so interesting going back to some of these old rules and whatnot. Because again, I think we go back to a time when the game had been codified. Yeah. And we think, oh, what? So you, you know, you, 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 you could kick players up in the air and it, and it was a much more robust game. But you still think of it as some sort of football match. Yeah. Whereas this is describing really a hybrid of rugby and football yeah, together. Absolutely. In 1886, IFAB was born and the FA rules became the bedrock of the laws we still use. Now, IFAB, of course, is the uh, International Football Association board. It was a combining of um, the FA in England the Scottish Football Association, the Football Association of Wales and the Irish Football Association in Northern Ireland. And uh, years later, FIFA would get involved as well. I think they should have left FIFA out because it would have been, they would have really annoyed them. <laughs> well, there we are, everybody. So an interesting trip down uh, history lane, not memory lane. None of us have a memory of this. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so thank you very much for joining us on another Football Ramble Guide 2. Uh, we're back with the Football Ramble tomorrow, looking back on the Boxing Day action. And then we've got a special guide to on Thursday. It is, of course, the Football Rambles Guide to Improving Football in 2023. <laughs> a list of New Year's resolutions, if you will, for the new year. And trust me, we have some excellent ideas. Talking more knives. About, yeah, more knives. More knives. <laughs> no, but reintroduce, reintroduce the knives. Reintroduce knives. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Knife yeah, yeah, shoes. Yeah. Knife shoes. Uh, if you fancy learning more about anything football related, get in touch. Email us, show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble with your suggestions. 
There we are. Hope you're having a lovely Christmas time. And uh, it's thanks very much to you, Jim Campbell. Thank you. Thank you, Pete Donaldson. Ta-ta. Thank you, everybody. See you soon. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.